Hey, this is Gerd Handel, and welcome to the Inner Light Project. This show is for anyone who's wanting to lead a happier, healthier, and enlightened life. Create more self-love. Inject more joy and abundance into their daily life. Join me for inspiring interviews and spiritual topics so you can shine your inner light. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Inner Light Project. My name is Gerd Handel and today I have a stunning guest with me who's helping people to heal their health and well-being. This woman is just inspirational. We have personally built a great sisterhood, doing lots of interviews together. Um, and she just has so much knowledge and wisdom about how we can trust from within. Now, Heather is a health coach and 21st century medicine woman, and she's combined ancient wisdom from her Native American lineage with holistic health and nutrition. She has co-authored two amazing books with Louise Hay, Loving Yourself to Great Health and The Bone Broth Secret. Heather also has a Hay House radio show called Loving Yourself to Great Health. She believes we can all heal from the inside out. Heather, it's an absolute pleasure having you on the show and thank you for joining us again. Hi Gerds, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, I love being on the air with you because we always have so much to share and we just have so much fun together. I, I find that every single conversation we have, I leave feeling really good. So good oh. stuff happens between us on the air. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I just love talking to you because we there's so much that we talk about and like we talked we've talked like about the bone broth secret, about our ancestors healing energies and how we can talk to our ancestors as well and this time it's really we're going on a different journey aren't we so we're going to talk about the moon's energy and how that can help us to manifest and heal in our lives i'm excited to just jump right in yeah because it's it's mercury retrograde at the moment and <laughs> which we, we just experienced a second ago didn't we we couldn't get the mind to work <laughs> We, we had so much energy going on that technology was not cooperating. <laughs> it was like, hey, I'm going to make you wait. <laughs> I'd love for you to share like about the moon's energy because some of my listeners out there, they're not really, they don't really understand the power of the moon and how it can help to heal us and help us to manifest things in the world. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. And I guess I'll uh, sort of preface this by talking a little bit about my journey because I didn't know much about the moon except it looked really pretty in the sky <laughs> and I heard a lot of things about astrology and things like that. But I think it was when I began to get in touch with my body mm-hmm. and and for me getting in touch with my body was going on my healing journey and, and healing my body because I had so many different symptoms and if, if folks have listened to the uh, podcasts that I've done with you previously, you know that I've had digestive issues and Um, depression and a lot of uh, serious health related issues and that I have um, been diagnosed with a genetic incurable untreatable condition which affects my connective tissue and I find this fascinating because connective tissue in the body is all of the things that make us give us shape give us structure hold us up hold us together um, help us move things around in the body so all the systems moving things around in the body and connecting the body from head to toe and so because i had those challenges and they didn't get diagnosed till i was 37 i was kind of a mystery in the medical system and that mystery because i had so many symptoms 
really sort of contributed to me disconnecting from my body because I didn't want, I wanted to be out of my body because my body was in so much pain all the time. And so it wasn't until I realized that I had to go into my body that, you know, we hear this in spirituality a lot is the way to get, to get, um, to heal something is to go through it, not to go out, not to go around it or go outside of it, but we have to go through the, the challenge or the difficulty and we have to feel to heal. We have to experience whatever it is in order to transform and metabolize it. And so I really discovered that personally when I began to go through the healing process and, and, really listen to my body and go into the symptoms that I was experiencing. And I used to believe that if I went into this depression, if I went into the symptom, that I would never come out of it. It would just take me over and it was too scary of a thing to do. But what I found out was that when I went into the symptom and met the symptom and asked the symptom what message it had for me or asked the depression or the, the, um, the emotion that I was sensing, what was the message it had for me, it actually got quieter and it had, I experienced relief. And so it was really going through it and it was my fear that was stopping me. So if anybody listening is having any pain or challenges or trauma, um, and you feel like it's going to just swallow you whole, get, you know, sit with somebody who can help you first of all, cause it can be scary. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and then, you know, give yourself safe moments where you can just go into it and have that experience of asking your body, what is it that it wants you to know? You don't have to always know why you're feeling the things you're feeling. Cause sometimes we feel things because it's inherited trauma. Mm-hmm. But if we just ask what our bodies want us to know, it helps to, bring that voice forward and that voice is your intuition and it's the the higher part of you that has a message for you and wants the great wants you to achieve your greatest good and wants you to connect to your innate ability to heal and though when we hear that voice coming stronger and more clearly through our bodies it helps intuition to guide us to healing and so as i became more grounded and 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 feeling and healing, I started to feel my connection with the earth more. I started to feel my feet on the earth and feel feelings, feel, um, you know, they talk about a, the earth having a healing frequency. It's an energy and it's true. There's a, there's a certain type of energy, electrical energy that our bodies have. And we get that through minerals, you know, minerals, electrolytes that gives us our electrical current as a human. And that electrical current as a human is in sync with the electricity of the earth. It's the minerals that are in the earth, just like the minerals in our body. When we stand up on the earth, we can feel a, a current that feels like nature and feels healing, which is why so many people climb mountains or go to the ocean or sit out in nature and feel better because we're, we're sort of resonating with that electrical healing. And so um, I started to feel that a little bit more and I started to, to seek that out more and go into spaces where I was feeling nature and I would, I would look for spaces where nature was bigger than me. You know, in a city, there's a lot of buildings and concrete and things where nature is not, you know, it doesn't have a strong presence. So I would go into spaces where nature had a stronger presence than anything else. And in those spaces, I could really feel my connection. And so over time, as I began to study connective tissue, you know, this disorder that I was told I had by the medical system, and they said, you're, we can't cure you, and you may end up in bed with all kinds of problems, and your bones may break, and your skin may fall apart, and you, you know, all these different things that they were telling me, um, I began to realize that as I connected to the earth, 
under the soil of the earth, not only are our ancestors in, in Native American medicine, we believe our ancestors are, are within the first five feet of the soil, but there's also this incredible connection under the soil of root systems from trees and plants that all communicate with one another. And there's a wonderful sort of fungi root system, which is the mushrooms they, that they call the world wood web, where the <laughs> fungi system has got this incredible network that communicates with its, with its own kind, its own fungi, but as well as all the other plants. It sort of connects everything. And I began to realize that soil is the connective tissue of the earth. And so it is another reason where all things are connected, another place where all things are connected and where these plants are, are transmitting messages to one another. They're doing a lot of science around studying these messages where um, danger signals or, um, or even signals of, of help and healing are sent through these plants so that they have information and understanding as to what they need to prepare for. And so I just started to realize that there are, there are, there's connective tissue everywhere on the earth. Now, as I continued, I began to learn about astrology a little bit more. And guess who taught me the most about astrology? Louise Hay. Oh, wow. She, yeah, she <laughs> loved astrology. She she would write down all the moon, um, the moons on her calendar, and she'd write down where things were happening on the calendar. Mm. And so we took a class. That, there was a class we took together where they taught us about void of course moons. Oh. And I remember being really interested in this void of course moon because one of the things that they said is on a void of course moon day, and you can track that if you go to online and you Google, you know, when void of course moons are happening, you're, there are days where we're supposed to be resting and there are days when we're not supposed to be starting anything new, like some giant new project or, you know, they even say things like don't go out shopping for things because usually you pick the wrong things on the void of course moons you're not in sync with you know what what needs what you really need what your body really needs so it's really a time to just say you know what i'm going to create some quiet space of self care and oftentimes our energy isn't as strong and and our desire and motivation isn't as strong because those are days where we're supposed to be resting and and sort of resetting our energy and so I found after I took the course and I, I began to understand that energy that I would on certain days begin to feel this feeling of, geez, I, I don't really feel very motivated today. And I go look and it was a void, of course, moon day. <laughs> so here I was like, I was like, I really get the language of the void, of course, moon. I get it. You know, now I know. And, and see, the thing is, before that, I, as a type A personality, I would push, 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 and it wouldn't mm. matter what the energy was telling me that day, yeah. what my energy was telling me, what the <laughs> energy, you know, we get energy where we start trying to do something, and it seems like everywhere we go, we hit a wall, <laughs> and I would get mad during those days and try mm. to blast through the wall anyway, <laughs> and that was before I understood how energy worked, and now I understand if I'm having a lot of walls coming up, step back and look at what the energy is telling me because maybe the energy isn't there for me to do what I want to do easily. And as a writer, I didn't come to writing until later in my life after I left my corporate job. So in my late thirties, I started to write and my creativity, creativity is an energy. Hmm. It's an intuitive right brained energy that we can't force by saying, I'm going to make this plan and I'm going to do it like this. <laughs> You know, most people who are in a creative space know that the energy just shows up when it shows up. 
And so we can do things to help ourselves, you know, get in a space of being able to receive that energy. But I needed to learn how to stop being a type A planner forcing (laughs) energy and creativity and learn to sit in a space of stillness and invite this energy to come in for me and to also respect the way that this energy presents itself to me. And the more I did that, the faster I was as a writer and the faster I did my work, not because I was, in quotes, fast, but because I rode the wave of that energy. Mm-hmm. So I say all this to say that as we as we step into our bodies and we feel the messages that our body is, is presenting to us, that is energy. It is the way the energy is speaking to us. Intuition is an energy. The moon is an energy. The moon has an energy, and it is it is an, a very much a feminine energy, and it shows up in the dark sky, which is a yin energy in Chinese medicine. That energy that is is in the dark, and it's receptive, and it's still, and it's calm, and it's quiet, and it shows up without a lot of fanfare. You know, the sun all rises up and with all kinds of fanfare, and it sets with all kinds of fanfare, and the moon gently rises and gently sets without a whole lot of fanfare but what it does do in this female energy is it lights up the sky mm-hmm. and it is in and i am iroquois which is we which is haudenosaunee mm-hmm. and the moon that we call is the grandmother oh. grandmother moon and we have in haudenosaunee culture we have 13 moons that we celebrate throughout the year, and we have 13 ceremonies, which are Thanksgiving ceremonies, ceremonies of gratitude mm-hmm. that all surround Grandmother Moon. And they tell us when the seasons are changing, when it's time to start shifting what it is that we're doing. And during those times, we are expressing our thanks to the people, to the natural world, to the spirit world, and to our creator. And this is how one of the ways that we maintain health, prosperity, and resilience is by connecting with that natural world and with that divine feminine energy. So we had these 13 ceremonies and, and there were, there were, the community would gather and express our thanks and would recognize what nature was telling us to do in that moment. And it had nothing to do with the calendar and everything to do with the moon. And so when we would track the moon, we would be tracking that moon along with the calendar. So I just want to um, have every, everybody just kind of take a deep breath and just, if you're in a space where you can close your eyes, go ahead. If you're listening to this while you're driving or you're doing something else, you don't have to close your eyes. Just feel into the into your body and feel what it feels like if you imagine yourself looking up in the sky and looking at the moon. Mm. No matter what state the moon is. We do our ceremonies during full moons, and the and oftentimes the women gather during full moons because the moon moon is such a connector for women and our cycles. Moon the moon is a conductor of energy for the fluids the the fluids in our bodies and the fluids in the earth. And so, if you think about water, the moon can raise or lower the tides of the salt waters, and it can. Um, you know, support the health of the waters. And so I want everybody to just think about that, that power of the ability to shift and move the waters. A lot of women, when, when we're in sync, we have our um, menstruation during the full moons and we can feel the pull of the moon and the, and the, um, the relationship with moons when that's happening. And, 
And in Haudenosaunee culture and a lot of indigenous cultures, we call the time of menstruation our moon time. And that's when women go into ceremony. And we have a lot of women's gatherings and ceremonies to let go of grief and let go of things we no longer need during those full moons. It's a really beautiful time. And when it's happening at night, it's we, we get to experience the quiet and the stillness those still times without fanfare that allow us to go deep into our bodies and understand those quiet, still messages. So when we give thanks to Grandmother Moon, what we say in Haudenosaunee culture is that we put our minds together to give thanks to our oldest grandmother, the moon, who lights the nighttime sky. She's the leader of women all over the world, and she governs the movement of the ocean tides. By her changing face, we measure time, And it is the moon who watches over the arrival of the children here on earth. With one mind, we send our greetings and our thanks to grandmother, the moon. And now our minds are one. So that's one of many thanks that we give during, um, during our Thanksgiving ceremonies where we give thanks and burn tobacco and set our intentions for whatever ceremony we're about to experience. Um, always giving thanks to our grandmother, the moon, as one of the one of the many nature beings and aspects that we respect for the cycles that are um, given to us from from the energy that she she gives us. Would you say that it's almost? I'm just fascinated by everything you said. <laughs> Would you say that the moon is almost like we're having a connection to our ancestors through the moon? I, I think so. I mean, in, in Haudenosaunee culture, it, it definitely is that way because, you know, in our creation story, um, we have Sky Woman who fell through the sky and as she came down into the earth, there was only water. And so all of the animals came to support her in landing and a turtle's back emerged from the water and she landed on the turtle's back and danced around on the turtle's back and created the earth and all the plants and all of the animal beings came and experienced this life on turtle island which is why you hear a lot of indigenous people call planet earth turtle island and so the creation story for us is as we look up into the sky we're looking up into the into the sky world i think a lot of indigenous cultures because there are so many different cultures with so many different um, creation stories and ways of looking at the moon but the moon is a very special force because all of our indigenous societies who had a deep relationship with nature um, watch the natural world and at the very least if you stood by the ocean and watched the moon change the tides you would recognize that there was a power there and that that power was transmitting its its energy to the earth and changing things on the earth and and that seasons would change around the moon and and our indigenous societies were you know who had this deep deep understanding of nature were watching those patterns and were noticing those patterns and were reverent to those patterns respectful of those patterns these days when we disconnect from these natural patterns and we go more towards machines and science we had the industrial revolution in the 1800s we became fascinated with technology mm-hmm. and we lost our connection and our our watching and our our knowing 
um, and, and just noticing these subtle, quiet patterns that were happening around us because they weren't as exciting as technology. <laughs> we got like we got distracted by all these things that were happening around us. And now look at us. I mean, we've got our faces and phones and on screens and we're really there's all kinds of entertainment going on there and we're missing those subtle connections. And so I'll give an example that people can try if they want to at home. So we know that technology also has an energy and has an electrical energy. And so it's very different from human and natural energy. It's much what I would call noisier. And when I say noisier, I don't mean necessarily sound, although some people may be, uh, may ha be sentient enough to hear the sound or feel the feeling of electrical energy. Mm. There are some people, children on the autism spectrum who have a different way of, of feeling into energies um, can feel a lot more than, than a lot of other people who can sort of, who are more um, in tune with different ways of, of seeing and feeling technology. And so they can, they may hear things. And so they may feel like they're, it's overwhelming some of the energy because they're feeling these energies that we are not sensing. Or people with um, things like tinnitus, some people with tinnitus or buzzing in their ears or hearing high-pitched sounds may actually be hearing a lot of the electrical sounds from the refrigerators and the Wi-Fi and a lot of the things around them that are they're hearing it and it's being diagnosed as a medical condition when in fact they're they're sensing um, things more keenly than other people. And so there are nutritional strategies that we can do to help people like that. But in the meantime, you know, they're open to all of these energies and it can, it can feel overwhelming or, or challenging at times. So electricity has this transmission. And if you were to just feel into your body and feel what it feels like when you're in the house with a lot of electricity with Wi-Fi on, and then you go out into nature and feel what that feels like to me, it feels like quiet. It feels quieter because I left a high um, transmission of energy that is not in sync with the human body and it actually causes stress to the human body and went out to energy that was more electricity, more in sync with the human body that was not creating stress. And so now your vital organs and all of your energies can sort of flow better. The other thing you can do if you're not anywhere near nature is just turn off your Wi-Fi in the house. Just turn it off. But first, really pay attention because even my husband, who doesn't feel as connected to these energies, <laughs> um, I made him do this once. I was like, okay, let's just pay attention. Just notice and get a sense of how we're feeling. And then let's turn off the Wi-Fi. And we turned it off and we waited and we sat and both of us could feel the difference. And it was so subtle that unless you were really paying attention, you very likely won't notice the difference. Mm -hmm. It's so subtle. But when you notice, it has this feeling of, of relief. And that's to me when I say quiet, I mean there's this relief because it takes that level of, of communication, that energy that's mm -hmm. not quite in sync with the human body away out of the equation so that you can actually feel what it feels like to be you again. Mm. And the moon allows us an opportunity to do that because it is another natural energy and it is more in sync with our human body and it gives us a chance to feel um, how we flow. And it can be uncomfortable sometimes because change is uncomfortable. <laughs> so when the moon changes cycles, we may feel 
a, a shift or a change that doesn't feel good because our primal brain is wired to not like change because it doesn't feel safe. Mm. So our an- indigenous ancestors had a way of, of, of navigating the change of these cycles because we res- respected and understood the change and what was happening. And we had ceremonies and ways to ground ourselves to work with navigating change in a, in a healthy and natural way. But these days, we, we oftentimes we go into that primal brain of fear and we resist the change or we don't like it because we, we were having such a good week, you know, we were getting so much done and now there's a void, of course, moon and we can't do anything and we're so angry and upset and, and it's, kind of, it's kind of like in the modern world when we're expected to keep going no matter what. It is, it is very much uncomfortable to be in an energy where the energy is saying, hey, slow down, you know, get still, take it easy. We think it's stopping us, but the fact is that it's trying to teach us to use the energy that's there for us to ride the wave of that energy so that we can do what needs to be done in a more effortless manner instead of constantly pushing to use up all our energy to get things done out of sync with nature. Yeah. I relate with everything you're saying, Heather, because... One thing I do is that I don't have any technology in the bedroom. Um, I used to have like a computer there or sometimes I'd watch a program at night and then that would mess up my cycle. Whereas now I put everything in the office, but I'll have my phone there, but I'll turn it off mm-hmm. and I get the best sleep now ever. I'm, I feel more in tune with the rhythm of my body now than I did before. Yes. And it's brilliant that you do that. And, you know, we don't have to live in a bunker away from all the electricity <laughs> in order to, to be healthy. But like you, you know, what you did was you you took it out of your sleeping space. Yeah. And that's the time when our nervous system really should be in quiet mode. It's They call it rest and digest mode, mm. which is which is tapping into the parasympathetic nervous system where we are supposed to be in our own energy, in the natural energy. And that's what tells the body it's time to heal. Mm-hmm. That is when we heal. When we sleep, we heal. And all of my colleagues who work in the field of immunology and who work with cancer and other chronic autoimmune conditions and neuroimmune conditions are always saying the body must sleep in order to heal. So we do everything we can to support and encourage the body in a natural way to help us get into that mode of rest and digest where we can sleep and we can heal and when you have electric and digital clocks oh. with those little trans transformer boxes on them or your computer with the you know that that box on your cord on the computer is the trans transformer box mm-hmm. or you have a transformer box that's outside on your electrical wires like that that garbage can looking thing that's up there or, or a box that's up there that's that's a transformer it's got extra energy and it is constantly like zinging it doesn't it's not like this this constant energy it's it's a zing stop zing stop zing stop and your body is constantly jolting all night long and something like that it's almost like somebody were, were like pushing you awake nudging you awake all night and that's considered torture in like military when, when people have been prisoners of war, one of the forms of torture is to keep waking them up all night long mm-hmm. so that they can't sleep. So your body just goes into that mode where it's, it's relieved and ready to rest and sleep and somebody's jolting you awake. It's a huge form of torture. And that's what a lot of these electrical energies, these non, non-natural energies are doing to our bodies. Where if you go out in nature and you sleep under the moon, mm-hmm. all night long you're getting a natural energy. 
that's that's helping to regulate the fluids in your body and helping to regulate the systems of your body and helping you to be lulled into this place of of rest digest and heal Mm, that's so yeah wow (laughs) um yeah absolutely one of the interesting things i found is that a lot of us have technology in our bedroom like i know some people like you may be living in like you guys would say condos and we say flats where you can't put the technology in a different room or you don't want to put it in like the living room you could just put like a cloth over it so i don't know if if this was the same with you heather but growing up my grandma used to put a cloth over the tv and used to think why is she doing that What's that about? And it was because she was blocking the energy of the TV to come into the room after we'd, mm-hmm. we'd watched it. And, yeah. I, and I find that if you just put a cloth over things, that also stops the energy from like leaking out. Well, it's in reality, it doesn't. But but here's what you're doing is you're speaking to your spirit in that way. And you're asking for um, a boundary. Ah. And I, I think there's a, a lot to be said for... Um, it's not like, you know, if we just put a cloth over things or <laughs> there's all kinds of implements that are out there in the electromagnetic field mm-hmm. world where they, you know, want to give you these wire cages and all kinds of things to put over things. And t- they can work in some ways and they can actually be worse in other ways because electricity has a way of getting around things. Mm-hmm. And so, but you, but if that's all you can do, what you're doing is you're telling your body and your spirit, I recognize that this is not you know, the greatest thing for me, but my body, I'm going to give my body, I'm going to create a, a spiritual boundary there and, and it can help. So there, your, your grandmother and our ancestors who do things like somebody would tell me that their grandmother would put like a, a tinfoil hat on or something over their head, <laughs> you know, like, like I, I think Dr. Mona wow. Lisa Schultz talks a lot about one of her relatives putting like paper over her head. <laughs> and these are awarenesses that, the, that this energy mm-hmm. is not really helping the body and and our grandparents and our great grandparents and great great grandparents who traversed you know low to no electricity to where we are now may have more of an awareness that this is not helping the human body and so they would they would it would it would make sense to put a cover over something and i think it does transmit a message saying i'm just going to set a healthy boundary here in reality, it doesn't stop the electricity from coming. Mm-hmm. And I, I always teach that, you know, we, we, we aren't meant to, and I'm going to speak to the second chakra for a minute here. And the second chakra, which is, you know, oftentimes called love and money, um, it, it is, it, the way I see the second chakra is how we share in the interconnectedness of all, all people, beings, and things. So we are all interconnected. And in the second chakra, we are in an emotional space where it, fe- it doesn't feel safe because we only want all the good stuff, but yet our, our world contains light and dark energies and so and good and bad energies. And they're supposed to work together in, a, in such a way that um, it creates balance. That we are, if we were to be scared of all, of all the dark scary things and only want the good things, that's not going to create balance. And if we fell into only the dark things and fell all into fear, that wouldn't be balanced either. So even in our bodies, there are there's a, a community of good pathogens and bad pathogens, good bacteria and bad bacteria, and they all have an important job. And that job is to somehow find a way to work with one another to create balance and health for all of us. And so 
to me, electromagnetic fields and toxins and things like that are one more aspect of um, dark energies, you know, like they're mm-hmm. part of the negative that that has to live somehow within the positive in our lives. So we don't want to fall into them by sleeping next to electronic devices and having those like transformer boxes near our head or um, sleeping in a room that's next to one of those transformer boxes outside with the power lines, you know, and things like that. We want to move into a room that is you know, maybe we turn the Wi-Fi off at night. We move into a room like you, Gerds, with removing the electronics from the room. We um, we do things to give ourselves spaces where we can find that stillness and that more natural energy. And and we go out in nature and we create balance from the technology world by going out into nature and spending more time in the natural world. These things allow us to find balance without having to run away and hide off the grid you know, on a hundred acres in a little bunker somewhere, you know, (laughs) but, but also there are things we can do to ground ourselves, like, you know, ritual and ceremony that are in alignment with your culture. Those are very grounding. Mm -hmm. Um, B vitamins are very grounding to the body and actually help support your body to, um, be strong and resilient around, um, these technical, these technology energies and the pollutions and the toxins. B vitamins tend to help our genetics get um, stronger, in particular vitamin B12 and and folate, not folic acid, but because that's synthetic, but the natural folate. Uh, these are these are supplements that help us, and sometimes we take more of them if we're electrically sensitive or have an autoimmune condition. We, we may need more of those things because our body needs to be shored up so that we can withstand today's um, demands, the stressful demands of, of uh, environmental toxins and, and uh, you know, dis, dis electrical toxins and stressors in the human body. Wow. I wanted to just go back a little bit, because um, when you were talking about um, your ancestors and how the moon is linked, I, I made a realization that most festivals happen on the new moon. Mm-hmm. And a lot yes. of religious days happen on the new moon. So there's clearly there was, our ancestors knew this. But. Yes, because each moon was considered to have different energies. And, and if you follow astrology, you'll, you know, you, you may know that different moons have different energies. And oftentimes yeah. in astrology, we see new moons being celebrated because they give us they're not as um, they may not give us as, as wide a window as a full moon and, a, and a, a full moon may not have as wide a window of energy as a lunar eclipse or something like that or a super moon. But they they all have have a transmit an energy that allows us to step into a new energy and into mm-hmm. a to start new things and to refocus and recenter ourselves on intentions that we want to create so a lot of people will use those moon times as opportunities to um, be in that new energy and be in the be in be when the full moon comes it's oftentimes a window and people will say it's a two-week window of energy to start something new or recommit to something and if you follow the astro where the planet is and that's you know astrology is basically saying which planet is this moon in? You know, what are what planetary energy do we have around this moon? Um, if you follow that as well, you can use that planetary energy because each planet has a different energy to influence the ceremony that you're having or what it is that you're focusing on. 
if someone's new to the, the kind of the cycle of the moon, can you explain the difference between full moon and a new moon? Well, I'm not, you know, super grounded in all of the, the, um, the aspects of moons from an astrological perspective, but, but new moons and full moons are, are things that new moons will, are usually, um, they give you a window of energy to say, um, it, it, it's an opportunity to create something, to start something. So it's an activation. You know, we have a, think of it as um, when you wake up in the morning every day and there's a new sun, essentially, Mm -hmm. right? The sun is rising. In Native American medicine, we look at the sun rises in the east and the east is the direction of purification and healing. So when you wake up in the morning, and one of the things I do when I give thanks to the four directions every day is I always start in the direction of the east and that's where we start our ceremonies in Native American culture. And you look to the east and you say, Um, I always say ah, because ah is the sound of the east and it's the sound of healing. So I will say ah, and I'll give thanks to the east to um, bring this new energy to me. And it's like we have a clean slate. We're waking up brand new with a brand new opportunity to greet the day and to, to, to move forward with our lives. And if there's anything that's been going on that's been dragging you down, you have a brand new opportunity that day to move in the direction that you want to move into. And that's when I usually invite in the opportunity, this idea of renewable energy, that I my body is continuously letting go of what it no longer needs and is continuously bringing in new nourishment and energy of what it needs. And that's how your digestive system works and it's how your lymphatic system works, all your connective systems, your connective tissue. That's how it works. It's constantly pumping out what it doesn't need and bringing in nutrients that it needs and continuously filling the body in that way. So when I look to the east, I'm, I'm looking to bring the energy of this, this constantly renewable source of energy into my body and constantly renewable source of healing. No matter what happened before, I have a new opportunity to shift into something. And so the new moon is kind of like that, that in its energy. It's, a, it's, it's letting you know that everything is new again. And the truth of the matter is that just like the moon changes cycles and it goes from this tiny little sliver and then it grows and it grows and it grows and then it's full and then it sheds again, just like we as women, you know, we, our uterus fills up little by little and then it sheds during the full moon and we're, we're starting again and inside the body, all of our cells are doing the same thing. They're, they're shedding and they're starting again, and our bones are regrowing. I mean, the, all of the organs of our body, the liver can regrow itself. You know, all of the, our skin is renewing. The taste buds on your um, tongue every two weeks are renewing. So everything is, is old is shedding, and everything new is starting again. And so the new moon reminds us that the energy is sort of like that. It's an opportunity for us to be reminded that we're starting fresh. Now, when you start fresh and everything is new, you haven't learned a lot yet. So the new moon, think of the new moon as this fresh new moon. It's not as wise as the full moon, which is our grandmother, our elder. Mm -hmm. So in the elder years, we have all this wisdom. We've been around for a while. The new moon is like looking to the direction of the east. We are in this place where we've gone, we've burst into life and it, we're brand new, like a baby, like an infant, and we don't know a lot, but we have that those bright-eyed, you know, curious nature to start something fresh with with enthusiasm and joy, and then we continue through the cycle. Wow. 
and and we grow and grow and grow in our wisdom and we grow and grow and grow in our knowledge and then we become full and we're in our elder status of, of deep wisdom and then we start fresh again with new eyes wow i literally have no words <laughs> that's so amazing wow i never really saw the moon linked to our our body cycle yeah and it does you know it has a pull so so i think you know when we there are a lot of 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 sort of discussions when we talk about our spiritual lives and and going deeper into our relationship with nature but nature is always there for us you know like we can always walk out and know that we can put our feet on the earth and we and we every day we drink water and hopefully you know it will think a little bit differently about how we're treating the water so that it's clean and we um and and we can still fill our bodies with this this life force of water but we're we're taking in nature we take in nature through food you know and and hopefully again we're we're eating natural food and not food that they created in a science lab that doesn't have the same frequency and vibration as as nature that we that is the frequency and vibration that our body understands and so every day we have these opportunities to remind ourselves that we are our bodies are fueled by nature Mm -hmm. and the moon is just one more aspect of that it's one more reminder Mm -hmm. that there is a light even in the darkness and that we have the ability to nourish ourselves with with um, these aspects of nature that we know will always be there for us wow i always had this belief that if it's not natural it's not good for you (laughs) yeah 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 that's you know, it's not, it's, it, it's, a, you know, the non-natural yeah. things are the, in our day and age we get marketed to. And so na- the non-natural things can be very exciting. Mm. You know, like I'll, I'll go to, um, into cities and they'll have like light shows or fireworks <laughs> or, you know, they're always so exciting and, mm. you know, technology, there's so many things I'm grateful to technology for. Yeah. I, I'm a real researcher at heart. I'm constantly researching. And so, you know, technology gives me a chance to sit at my desk and research and not go to all the libraries I used to go to before we had <laughs> computers and the internet and everything. And, um, and I'm really grateful to that. But again, with balance, mm-hmm. you know, we take, we take the, the, the benefits of what we have and we remind ourselves that we must always go back to nature. And, and we have so many ways of doing that. Our self-care routines are typically not related to technology. <laughs> self-care is typically taking a bath you know or going for a walk or doing something out and sleeping you know things that don't relate so much to technology and give us space away from that and our meals are opportunities if we're taking the opportunity to connect with nature in our meal an opportunity to, to commune with nature mm-hmm. and with our community the people in our lives that we love and that that are part of our support system and that also add an energy of healing to our lives if we're choosing people that are in sync with us and with our greater good, that we have an opportunity to sort of commune with these these aspects of nature that that help remind our bodies that we're safe and that we are always in a space of healing and renewing. Wow. Wow, it's so powerful. And it's so true. We should really pay attention to nature. There's everything we need to know is there. Yeah, exactly. It's just exactly. Waiting. It's just waiting for us to hear the whispers. <laughs> yes. You know, if, when you go to your homeland and you put your feet on the land and you feel something. Yeah. Um, when you, you know, for for 
the places that I visited when I visit my homelands, I, I am um, basically French and Native American would be the basics of my, my, um, my lineage and my culture. And when I step on homelands and my European ancestry, I feel it. I can feel like it's home. Mm. And when I step on the homelands of my Native American culture, I feel mm. home. There's a deep feeling of, of relating to the land and the earth and, and feeling like there's a knowing. There's a, a new feeling of knowing things when I step on that land because that's where my ancestors are. That's where our... So when you go visit places, and I have a lot of clients who... They either got sick when they stepped on their homelands because yeah. they were their body was giving them an awareness of, of ancestral trauma that had been passed down that they were not mm-hmm. aware of or paying attention to that was creating symptoms in their mind or in their body. And, and it was all coming crashing in when they stepped on their homelands and that began their healing journey. Um, or, you know, people who step on their homelands and feel this sense of connection um, mm-hmm. that they had never felt before. So people, we, we all feel things if we, if we allow ourselves, if we pay attention and allow ourselves to notice that um, we feel connected to land and to spaces because we have uh, our DNA is actually made from the soils, the plants, the animals, and the waters of that space. I relate, yeah, and definitely with what you just said about going back to homeland, because as you're probably aware that with my kidney that happened in um, the problem in 2015, that was, I was being invited to, to slow down and mm-hmm. listen to my body and allow myself to have that self-care nature because before I was living off three hours sleep. <laughs> right. <laughs> Trying to right. do everything and, you know, succeed and go forward and I need to do this. And having the kidney thing really helped me to actually say no I need to look after myself I need to nurture myself how can I have a more balanced lifestyle right it was bringing me back I guess to my my true self which yeah well and and I would imagine that as you as you nourished your kidneys and did what you needed to do to support and heal your kidney um that is your that's your life force organ your kidney and your adrenals right and Mm -hmm. it's 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 the it governs the salts and the waters in your body. So just like the moon governs the salt waters of the earth, it's also governing the salts and the waters in our body and the blood mm. and the lymph, you know, all the fluids that, that are sort of allowing us to feel well and nourished. Um, the that the moon is one of your would be one of the guides to your kidney. And so uh, it's funny that here we are talking about that now because you've been through a transformative experience and and listening and responding to what your body needed with respect to those electrical and fluid energies. Mm. Uh, The amazing thing that happened when I woke up, which I actually never told you, (laughs) um, is when I woke up, I heard my ancestors, it was like two of my ancestors and they said, welcome home. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And then, um, obviously, you know what happened with my uncle. Um, Unfortunately, he passed away. I heard my granddad's voice before I found out, saying, he's safe. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? That's how... See, so, uh, you know, here here are things that in indigenous cultures we would dismiss. We'd Mm. think that we were just making it up or that we were crazy or something like that. And (laughs) and in um, Haudenosaunee culture, we actually share our dreams. And even even to this day, when we get together in ceremony, we gather together, we have um, time and space to share our dreams. Mm. And it's an opportunity to to hear 
the things that our women, when especially when we're having moon ceremonies, when our women gather, we we share our dreams and talk about some of the messages that we've been getting through our dreams. And it's amazing the the types of things that come out of those dream sharing uh, times that we have because we are getting messages that we all know and feel to be true. And in the last probably two to three years, our great grandmothers have been coming to us in our dreams. Mm. And as we share those dreams, we're getting this powerful wisdom that we're, we're actually going to talk to seers in, in Haudenosaunee culture and to, um, you know, to old, uh, old oral history and realizing that the dreams that we're having are actually in alignment with old teachings and old ceremonies that have been forgotten in our communities. And here they are being transmitted in dreams through our women. And so I think that um, the more we pay attention to our dreams and write them down and, and, and our, our visions while we're meditating and, and the messages that we, we get when we ask our bodies because we all experience transmission, transmissions of energy in different ways. And, you know, oftentimes because we're not used to communicating in those ways, we, we think we're making it up half the time or because science hasn't told us it's correct, we dismiss it. And yet it, what's, what's fascinating to me is that one of the fluids in our body, the lymphatic fluid, is a, is a specialized type of connective tissue or fluid in the body. And the, um, the lymph fluid is, is a mirror to our, our blood. So it's sort of sister to our blood. And it is also very connected to our immune system and our digestive system. So it's, it's another system that helps all of these systems function properly. And it took a while for science to notice the lymphatic system because scientists were studying dead bodies. So, you know, when the body is dead, these fluids aren't moving anymore. <laughs> so they, they missed things like fascia, which is another sort of fluid uh, force in the body and the lymphatic system. But what they really missed up until four years ago, until 2015, was they believed that the lymphatic system stopped at the neck. And they believed that therefore the brain was immune privileged, which meant that we can inject things into the body and it won't affect the brain, or we can, we can eat things and it won't affect our brain, and we can you know, do things that won't affect the brain. Well, the job of the immune system is to go through scanning, or the job of the lymphatic system is like the immune system, it goes through scanning for, for invaders, for pathogens in the body and toxins in the body, and it, it basically sends out cells that will go eat those up and get rid of them, and, and then it will eliminate all the wastes into the blood system so that the blood system can then eliminate it from the body. And so that's what the lymphatic system is doing. It's kind of, it's one of the, the fluids that helps our immune system seek out and, and rid our body of toxins. And so the belief was that, you know, what you put in your body doesn't affect your head and what you inject in your body doesn't affect your head. But then in 2015, they found that, oops, there's a lymphatic system in the brain oh, and wow. the lymph moves to the brain. And what we, what we're noticing now is that now what we eat because your digest 70% of your immunity is in your digestive system. And so if your digestive system is getting clogged with toxins and sugar and, you know, fake foods and things mm -hmm. like that, processed foods and fast foods, that it is clogging up the immune system and it, or, and the, um, the lymphatic system so that they can't do their jobs to get rid of the other, like the cancer 
and the other invaders that are coming into the body because they're too distracted by all of those toxins that we're putting in or you're sleeping next to a phone and your Mm. lymph is not able to move and get rid of, it's getting stagnated. And it's um, because your body's full of stress and inflammation and it's distracted with things that we're, we're surrounding ourselves with. And so now we know that even things like Alzheimer's, schizophrenia, bipolar, depression, anxiety, have a lot to do with how that lymph is flowing through your, through your brain and supporting the brain. And they're starting to show that if you move the lymph in your body and move the lymph in your brain, you can, um, detox those, the proteins that get stuck to create Alzheimer's and the calcium that gets stuck to create Alzheimer's, depression, dementia, things like that. Well, our indigenous ancestors already had practices like that. (laughs) You know, in, in Haudenosaunee culture, we had combing practices where, um, combing practices actually move. You can even take your fingers and, you know, run your fingers down your, your, um, your scalp and, um, around your forehead and down your scalp all the way down to your neck. And you're supporting the drainage of lymph just because it does, it just a light touch like that, or even a going into a medium touch, you're, you're moving the lymph, um, to where it would drain down through your neck and the back of your neck and in the front of your neck. And so our indigenous cultures from Ayurveda to Iroquois culture to other indigenous cultures have these tools, these old tools and old ceremonies that help to move this, the lymphatics or the lymphatic system of the brain. So they knew that, um, that there, that these things needed to be moved and, and that the moon was one of our, our nature, um, aspects that helped to move these fluids and help. So we would be out during the moon and we, we have combing ceremonies in, in Haudenosaunee culture mm. during the moon. Because we know that if we're combing and we're doing our ceremonies and we're out under the moon, the moon is helping us to rid these toxins from our minds. And it, and there's a real focus in Haudenosaunee culture on having a good mind, which is a clear mind. And we're all in, in our Thanksgiving, we're always saying now our minds are one because we're constantly clearing our mind so that we can be all, all as one connected and, and clear about what we're doing. So indigenous cultures had this, uh, these, these practices. I just did on my Hay House radio show uh, on 21st Century Medicine Woman, I had a, a woman come on yesterday talking about all the ways that Ayurvedic culture um, had practices to move the lymph in the body and in the brain. So we know, and, and we know Chinese medicine did as well. So all of these old, old medicines that are still being practiced in, in different pockets today knew that that we had to take care of the lymph in the brain and for our for our well-being so i just you know all the people who are looking for proof out there and not (laughs) paying attention to how you feel are doing yourselves a disservice you may think you're making it up you may think it's all like in quotes old wives tales or whatever you know you hear things passed down through your family that actually have a deep deep wisdom to them and they're just being shared in oral history in a way that doesn't sound scientific, but it doesn't mean that it's not scientific. Yeah. You know, like NASA right now, um, you know, space, space technology, they're um, actually working with Diné people, the Navajo people, to teach um, mm-hmm. Diné culture around, uh, around space and the moons and the planets because what NASA realized is that the Diné culture actually has great wisdom that is in parallel to science Mm. around, 
you know, the earth's, the earth's revolving and the moon's revolving around the earth and all of the different ways that, that the Dinah people would, um, would describe that doesn't sound sciencey, but there is absolutely a hundred percent a parallel to science. They're just saying it differently. Wow. Do you know what? It, it all makes sense because, like, I, you just took me back to when my grandma used to like comb my hair with oil and like would give me an Indian head massage, and I'd be like, "Oh, I don't really understand why she would do that." Like, she'd go go a bit rough, but the the reason was to clear out old energy. Yes. And make movement, and now I understand it. Wow. Yes, it was also very likely um, getting rid of. Um, excess unbound iron in the body just from a from a scientific perspective because a lot of native and ayurvedic cultures knew how to treat the hair because the scalp and the hair would often be where there was a lot of excess iron um coming out in the tissues and so these cultures that were massaging with oils and and um you know you not only are you moving the lymphatics but you're correcting a lot of mineral imbalances that can happen and it's not like your grandmother would have even thought of it that way right but she but she knew it was she knew because she was closer to nature Mm. and could see the the results of how what would happen if you didn't do it and versus what would happen if you did do it yeah wow I'm fascinated. I'm just blown away today. <laughs> wow. Wow. Thank you, Heather. Wow. That's, yeah. My pleasure. It's always, it's always fun diving into all of this really interesting, you know, old, old wisdom with you. Yeah. I feel like it's like our ancestors having a little chat with each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, bless. Oh. Um, I've got two more questions left before we Okay. Um, what are you most grateful for? Um, I think I, I'm, I would say I'm most grateful for the, the dysfunctional patterns that I experienced in my childhood that led me to where I am today. Um, because I, I feel like I had to go deep mm-hmm. in order to find my healing. And that in going deep to find healing, especially when somebody tells you you have an incurable, untreatable condition, mm-hmm that it that you know you don't know nobody understands medicine barely understands it but it is a an inducer of fear like you know don't do this because you could break a bone or don't do this because you could (laughs) burst an organ or something like that you know it it can create this this veil of fear about doing anything in the world and in 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 reaching for healing i actually reached back into my culture on both sides of my family and and found ways to weave them together so that I could get to know who I really was and what what I really was here to do. I still feel like I'm learning that every day, but it, it has given me a, um, a, a faith and a trust that I feel is taking me through whatever is, is next. And I, I don't think I would have had that if I hadn't had to go deep into my body and find ways to understand what is not understood in the, the world of medicine and science, I had to, I had to reach back mm. into the wisdom of my ancestors in order to um, find healing, but also I found myself. Wow. Wow. Um, what shines your inner light? Um, I, I feel, I think what it is, is going where the energy is. So we talked a lot about the energy of nature. And one of the things that I've been really committed to in the last couple of years is instead of always having to have a plan, 
I'm working on feeling the energy and going where the energy is. And when, when you go where the energy is, sometimes you're going to disappoint people. People might want you to do something and you're really good at it and you can do it, but your energy is and passions and desires and needs are moving in a different direction and you want to ride the wave of that energy instead of forcing yourself to do something that you don't want to do, but everybody else wants you to do it. So in some cases, riding the wave of energy is, or going where the energy is creates disappointment to others. But what it does is it reminds you that you're um, staying true to who you are and what you came here to do and that that's not always going to make sense to everybody around you. Mm-hmm. You came in with your own vision. You came in with your own values and your own sacred path. And so what I find these days is shining my light is trusting where the energy is taking me even if I don't understand it and no one around me understands it to just go into that energy and follow the lead of that energy with great trust and I find that that is what is keeping me my energy alive um, and it's helping me trust the fact that um, I don't really have any of the answers but if I follow the energy I will um, it will be made known to me Thank you, Heather. Thank you so much for just sharing your wisdom and knowledge today. And just, wow, just blowing <laughs> You're welcome. It's always my pleasure to talk with you. You know, you're a total soul sister and I love oh. what you're out there doing. Thank you. And I love everything that you're doing because you're, you're really helping people to come back to who they truly are and yeah. discover their inner wisdom and know that, you know, everything is there you just need to listen to nature and connect with yourself and allow yourself to to listen to those whispers yes thank you <laughs> bless you my lovely wow <laughs> what a powerful interview with heather thank you so much for just being you and sharing your wisdom and how we can just really listen to the moon's energy and trust in our ancestral lineage and just be true to ourselves now i've personally learned a lot from heather i hope you guys have as well find out more about her at www.heatherdane.com unfortunately that's the end of the show before i leave i want to leave you with this quote don't worry if you're making waves simply by being yourself the moon does it all the time that's a quote by scott stavell for more information about the show or Bruce Ely's details, visit www.girdshundle.com. And remember, stay happy, stay healthy, stay lit. lit. <laughs>